but you did actually save them in the end. Do you remember when he yeah, throws, but, throws the Emperor does after? That, yeah, doesn't that mean Johnny Sexton kills him? Does well, he, he yeah. kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Never trust the quiet one. <laughs> Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe together with Guinness. Uh, for anyone watching at home, as you can clearly see, we have an extra long, chaise long style couch here that Jerry is uh, larded out on. Lorded out on? Um, reason being is that we have two very special guests coming on the show this week. We have all the way from Wales, Welsh legend Shane Williams, as well as... Irish legend Ronan O'Gara coming in for a big long chat there on the way uh, as we speak. Um, we had to get up at four o'clock in the morning to um, <laughs> to satisfy their early start this morning, which was hell on earth. Yeah. We we moved the, the twin we moved the twins out of their out of our room for the first time last night. Into oh, mummy and daddy getting action again. <laughs> <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> Back but, on the horse. Yeah, but <laughs> not, I'm not saying Orla's a horse. <laughs> I'm Orla. Uh, and they, those monitor things, man, <laughs> Jesus, they were kicking off. You don't need a monitor. You can hear them. When they scream, you can hear them. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was insisting on having the monitor. I didn't sleep a wink. I literally haven't slept a wink all night. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, Jerry had a great sleep on the way up in the car. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Listening to another one of Regara's podcasts. <laughs> yes, he put us to sleep. Um, but yeah, have you you've experienced that? Obviously, is Katie out the gap with you? Is she still in there? Yeah, yeah. Katie's um, Katie's about seven months now, and uh, she started um, the stage she's at is scrabbing, scrabbing, Scra- like scrabbing, oh, s- vicious like, <laughs> grabbing <laughs> stuff like people's faces. Right. And then Anna said she um, turned around the other day. She's at a, a mother and toddlers thing, and then uh, Katie was fish hooking this other child. <laughs> <laughs> so it must be the stages. Six months you sit, seven months you fish hook, and then nine months you start crawling. Oh, she's developing yeah. so well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how's her fish hook? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, look, we've loads to get through. We've got the lads on in about 10 minutes, um, but I think uh, it's time to get into the Guinness Six Nations. We'll just jump straight in. Trimby Phillips. I've, I've got a hot take on uh, Ireland Scotland at the weekend. Go on. So I watched the game and I felt a little bit frustrated. I felt like um, we weren't as penetrative as we might have been and we weren't as um, cohesive as we might have been and we made it a bit of a battle. Uh, and I know O'Mahony um, took exception to the, the win being described as a stuttering to a win. Mm, yeah. <laughs> stuttering, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't like he did that. did not like that. No, but um, I felt like overall it wasn't wasn't an amazing performance. It was enough to get the job done. But I thought individually, I watched the game twice. When did I ever watch games Never. twice? Never. Watched amazing. it twice and on second watch, there were a, a lot of individual, really good individual performances. But for some reason, it was nowhere near as fluid a performance. And defensively, probably wasn't as dominant as we would like it to be either. So I can't put my, put my finger on it, put my finger on it. Mm. But I thought Tyke Furlong was class. I thought, um, uh, Handy, James Ryan, both good. Back row, um, CJ, like, he was incredible. Mm. And he's been the one everybody's been questioning. Mm. Pete off the bench, brilliant as well. CJ, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I thought uh, Henshaw, when he came off the bench, was class. Mm-hmm. Um, although Bundy did really well as well. Um, back three, I thought there were a lot of really good performances, but there was just something Very about true. it. Scotland, yeah. to be fair, 
turned up massively. They were so up for it. It looked yeah. like they were they were really ready to to go to battle. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then they they should have won obviously if Hogg had got that try in the corner. Mm. They underperformed so much at the World Cup that they they would have to be. Hogg looked visibly so like so up for the Didn't game. He? Yeah, he did. Apart yeah. from when he dropped the ball, you see when he yeah. was going in to drop uh, as he was dropping the purpose. ball. The Scottish one of the Scottish replacements went this way. No, <laughs> no kind of went like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hogs the celebrating was brazen, like as if they're going. Oh, he must have got it. Oh, well, will we on. check this? No, look at his face. Yeah. Look at that smile. Yeah, was was that Stockdale corner? Was that the drop corner? Could I think be, it was. Yeah, drop corner. Wasn't it? Yeah, could be. Yeah, I'm not sure. I thought I thought it was the other end. Maybe. Anyway. Um, I thought Jordan Larmer <coughs> played very, very well. Yeah, um, he did. I thought Herring worked really hard and worked like worked on like added some good continuity, and the Irish lineout worked really well. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I thought uh, I thought CJ was 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 top class. I thought Johnny Sexton was excellent. Uh, Bundyaki is a lovely buffer of physicality. When when there's nothing really on, you can just give him the ball, and he and and he'll get you go forward. He'll, see he'll, see he'll on CJ. Is there is there something in that where um, uh, Pro 14 and European rugby is is I'm not even saying it's a different level. It's just a different type of game. And then Test match Six Nations rugby is your first criteria is you win collisions and you get gain lines and you smash smash people in defence. So so someone like Max Deegan, um, Keelan Doris, these guys are all um, all singing all dancing. They look class when they're playing in blue, but. It needs a CJ when you get to Six Nations level. Is that or is that too simplistic? There's going to be if you're playing for Leinster, you're generally your team is going to be a lot better than the other teams you're playing the majority of times as well. Mm-hmm. So that gives you an advantage. But I also think yeah, you're, there's there's way there's way less space at Test level. So if there's if there's more space at Pro 14 in Europe, then you can get your hands free. You can you know keep the ball alive a bit easier, and you can look a little bit more you know look like you're winning the collisions more. But when there's less space, it just becomes down to bone on bone, and that's where CJ kind of comes into his own there. But people also get frustrated. They go, oh, it's just so predictable. But like when, when there is no space, you need people who can get you a little bit of go forward and retain the ball, and CJ does that really well, and he's a huge work rate. Yeah. The, the difference between CJ and someone like Billy Vanapola is CJ is shorter. He doesn't have the same levers that Billy Vanapola has to get his arms free and keep the ball alive. But he's, you know... he. You, you would people don't appreciate him until he's not there. Yeah. What are you laughing at? No, I'm just laughing at Pat walking out <laughs> in the middle of the oh, show. See you, Pat. Um, <laughs> defensively, when you when you uh, say we weren't probably where we should have been, um, is that strategically or um, we were soaking a lot of tackles, right? I thought so. I think it's because um, uh, gently, not always. Actually, to be fair, I don't want to contradict myself, but. A lot of Scotland's phase play was really good. A lot of their breakdown work was really good. Now, CJ got over the ball. Pete got over the ball. Mm. Josh, all of them did really well at times. Actually, strangely, off a couple of line breaks, mm. which is the last time you expect someone to get over the ball, and the boys got back and, and did really well. But for long periods, their breakdown was quite good, and they kept the tempo going. There was a little um, kind of change of directions off nine. Ali Price yeah. and George Horn are so good at playing. Yeah. You, it becomes, you can go on autopilot in defence if a team keeps coming around the corner <coughs> and you just keep getting around, getting numbers around the corner. No, you don't even have to ID where the attack is because you just know that they're coming. But when a team keeps coming back against the grain, 
that's that's when you create mismatches all the time because mm. t- people get oh we'll just get around the corner and we'll 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 we'll, we'll fill the field on the far side because we'll be down numbers. But then when Ali Price bounces back all the time, that's you know, and George Horn does it really well. As and well. because they're a threat themselves as well, it's yeah, even yeah. more difficult to defend. But, okay, going into Wales this weekend, obviously they're they. We're speaking really fast because we know that. Uh, <laughs> 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 we squeeze in. <laughs> don't have time. Just don't have time. Uh, they, they they could potentially be even more of a threat. Um, with, you know, uh, Josh Adams and um, I suppose the amount of nines they have at the moment. Danby are playing pretty well. Uh, you know that that's going to be a, a big uh, threat at the weekend. You know? Yeah, it's hard to. I think it's really hard so to slowing know. Slowing ball down and stop soaking tackles and yeah, yeah. It's hard to know where where wheels are because it leaders didn't turn up and you can. I don't think you can. That that's not a gauge at all of where wheels are at, is it? No, yeah, you're right. I don't it's think it's difficult yeah. because they were good though. I think Franco Smith, the Italian coach, is a brilliant coach. <coughs> He's brilliant, and any team that Franco Smith coaches, you can see. His philosophy, but it's it's a very much an attacking philosophy, hundred percent. And if you look at how they defended at times, and even the fact that they they had Tommaso Allen at ten and they had Carlo Canna at twelve, like Canna is not a hugely physical twelve. And then you have like to have him there, and then like you have the exact opposite of him as a player in Hadley Park's opposite, you know, marking him. I think that it was it was just a mismatch from the start, mm. and I think Italy are going to struggle because, like you said. There's going to be less space at test level, so that means that your 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 set piece, your kicking game, and your defence needs to be really, really good. And you need guys that can win collisions. You can't just like Franco Smith, like when he coaches the Cheetahs, they just have this amazing offloading game, and they play really, really expansive rugby and really clever rugby. But when there isn't that much space, it's difficult to do it. So I don't think Italy. <coughs> I think Italy may struggle in the Six Nations if they don't adapt very, very quickly. Um, Ireland in attack then um, criticised again for kicking box kicks um, I think in fairness they only had five or six but it was the lack of return off any of them um, you could actually hear Quinny in uh, co-commons did you hear that where he's, <laughs> you could hear him under his breath going stop kicking the fucking ball it's <laughs> 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 hilarious um, so is it a means of varying our kicking or we got to exit in some way um Put the ball into the stands more often. You have to kick the ball, but the Scottish es- Scotland escort is right, yeah. very, very well, and then they got caught a couple of times for yeah. illegal escorts. And I thought Andrew Conway did a great job. On did you notice when he when he when he did get escorted, if he got hit with his upper body, he left his legs go forward, so he went back. So it wasn't like he just got nudged. It looked like a very clear. He made it really apparent yeah. to the referee. It was more convincing than Johnny's um, broken jaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> was it? But. I, I thought that I'm not look, talking about that yeah, sorry sorry <laughs> I think um, I think like you have to kick the ball in rugby you have to yeah. have the ability to kick the ball ideally you, you can kick the ball and get the ball back on your terms um, Conway's addition Conway's contribution is enormous though yeah. chasing as hard as you possibly can that sounds so simple it adds a lot mm. um, one or two of Murray's went a little bit long a little bit infield but the, see the the thing is as well is the nines are under more pressure now to get the ball away. The referees are telling them to use it, it yeah. rather than letting you build, build, build the rucks. You can kick it and kick it like under no pressure. They're they're under the pre- they're under the pump to get the ball and get it moved out of the ruck yeah. quickly. And if they, if they kick, 
the base isn't as solid for them. So that's why there's a lot more pressure on the nines to be uh, yeah. ac- to, to try and be as accurate and as they used the to. The other one, Conway, was just a little bit, <clears throat> didn't quite get there in time. He knew he couldn't get up to compete, but he knew he could, kind of, he could um, slap the ball. And he got done for a knock-on, but that could have, mm. I don't know if that was forward, that one. Mm. Um, do you know the one I'm talking about? No. Mm. Um, and I just remember being like, being a, a winger, a receiving winger, receiving that ball, and someone just flaps their hand just right in front of your face as the ball's coming down, even if you don't go anywhere near the ball, that's really, really difficult. You may as well. Conway's so good at that. If he's yeah. not, he just always gets the best of a bad situation. Yeah. Either he'll get right in the air, compete really well, or he'll just make it difficult. But he is so committed, and he's, that's so valuable to the team, I think. Okay, I, well think I think anyone that looked at the Irish game and is, is critical of it has to take into, into consideration. Now, I know that there's, there's been changes in, a, in pretty much all the coaching teams. Like Wales have a new coaching team. England, under Eddie Jones, have a lot of new assistant coaches. Um, France have a new coaching side. And to be fair, they're Sean Edwards... Their tackle entry, their body shape into the tackling in England was phenomenal. They played really, really well. And then Ireland with a new coaching side as well, and Italy with Franco Smith coming in. So there's a lot of change there, but there's only so much that you can <clears throat> actually alter because you, you have a couple of sessions coming into the, coming into the Six Nations, and you've got to train. Everyone wanted to see our attack and our kicking game change a little bit, but you've still got to train scrums, lineouts, restarts, defence. They all take up a certain amount of time. So I think the main thing is get a win and then get, you know, you can start building layers on that. And that's what I think we, well, we definitely will have to play a lot better against Wales. But I thought like there was a lot of, there was a lot of character shown. I thought Scotland showed up, like we said at the start. Yeah. Yeah. No, a win's a win. Take it. Uh, speaking of which, we also need to acknowledge uh, the brilliant wins for Ireland on the 20s and women against the Scots on Friday. Um, Do you see the 20s? Uh, very impressive. Yeah. Jack Crowley got a pretty sensational mm. try. Sean Thomas O'Hearn. Sean O'Brien won. and Thomas O'Hearn. Thomas O'Hearn won to watch for the future. Yeah, brilliant. It's quality. Uh, and ladies beating um, Scotland 19-13 with Bevan Parsons scoring a brilliant intercept try and Senna Nuopo celebrated her 36th birthday. Oh. Fan of the show. Yeah. Former, former guest on the show. Right. Uh, she scored Ireland's first try and Cleana Maloney scored the second one. Um, but we'll take a quick break now, and I think we will have Shane Williams and Raj on the couch straight after this. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Now, ahead of this weekend's Ireland versus Wales match in the Guinness Six Nations, we are delighted to be joined by two former international rugby players and sometimes rivals, Ronan Agara and Shane Williams who are hosting the second Guinness Six Nations experience tonight, which involves having a go at a goal-kicking challenge on a simulator in a Cork courtyard in Silver Lane <laughs> in Cork. Yeah. Uh, That's going to go well, isn't it? Yeah, goal... <laughs> <laughs> are you renowned for your goal-kicking? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. renowned. But yeah, I didn't kick, I didn't pass. Yeah, so this might be fun. Yeah, notice it's not like a... Uh, one on ones in yeah. 20 one on one. meters of space. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. like, Gavin Henshaw must be busy, was he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike Phillips was disappointed, actually. He fancied himself. Uh, he couldn't kick the skin off of it. <laughs> no. Yeah. At least give him a, your left foot. It's, uh, Would that be probably better as well? 
Yeah. It's good the way th <laughs> things are kind of on home soil. Things are in Cork, yeah. weighted nicely in my favour. Yeah. So. Well, we did a we did a live show from Cork last week, and we did a stitch together a Star Wars analogy. Now I know you have no clue about Star Wars, but we we did say that you were the Darth Vader. Uh, in our Star Wars, and it was didn't get very good response. <laughs> no, the Cork no. crowd were like, "Whoa, what's Dark Vader? He's Trinity. the bad what's, guy. What's Dark Vader? Vader? Jeez, Darth Vader. That's some start." <laughs> <What's> <laughs> Darth Vader? <laughs> I think well, I might have missed this. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a detergent. You use it to get stains <laughs> on your clothes. I know Dark Vader. Use Darth Vader. I don't know what it's. He was uh, the bad guy, right? But the reason he was the bad guy, he used to be the good guy. He was he was the savior, and then he went to the dark side, like you went to Leinster to New, to New Zealand. Oh, that's the you, good side. Ah, in our oh. analogy, that was the bad side because Ireland. It was the Ireland versus the All Blacks is the good side versus the dark side, and you were Darth Vader, being Luke Scar Skywalker's father, who is Johnny Sexton, and uh, but you did actually save them in the end. Do you remember when he yeah, chose? Throws the emperor does after. That, yeah, doesn't that mean Johnny Sexton kills him? Does well, he? Yeah. Kinda did. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Never trust the quiet one. <laughs> uh, just, uh, this went out on Instagram. Just that that bit, and it was basically um, him talking, and I was just interrupting every now and again. Uh, and then someone, the first comment underneath, like thirty seconds after it was posted. Is this supposed to be funny? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I didn't see that. I think it was no, just, no, it wasn't. just us enjoying it and everyone else kind of tolerating it and waiting for Fla and Eddie and Ali to get out. You yeah. can't, you can't win, though, isn't it? No. Yeah. One of the key components of life is just don't really read those comments. Back your instincts. Get on with it, Trimby. Yeah, Trimby. No, it was him. I was offended for. <laughs> <laughs> I I tried to endear myself to the court crowd by saying how much of a Raj supporter I was. There's Humphreys Northerners and there's Raj Northerners. And no, I'm not going to say I'm exclusively Raj. No, you can't be. But you prefer me than Johnny, obviously. <laughs> than Johnny? Yeah. Oh, geez, I thought it was Humph, you and Humph. Ah, that's well, that's well over, isn't it? Yeah, you won that battle a while back. And what are you saying about the other battle? Ah, oh, jeez, you're just different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you both had qualities. <laughs> well, look, we're delighted to have you both here. Uh, Shane... Uh, you've had an unbelievable career with Ospreys, uh, Wales, Lions, um, went to Japan, had a little uh, uh, little time up in Donegal with Glenn Swilly, wasn't it? Yeah. And then finished up in uh, back in your own club in uh, Ammon in Wales. Um, how is life what for you now? What was that club's name? Ammon, wasn't it? Ammon, yes. Ammon, yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, <laughs> Well-travelled. Well-travelled, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And... How's life for you now? Where are you based, and and what are you up to? Yeah, oh, good, really. Um, there's always that worry when you when you come into the end of your rugby career that uh, you're not going to be busy enough. But it's just been crazy, absolutely crazy. Uh, Travelled the world, lucky enough to have started my own businesses back home, and keeping the rugby as well. So, you know, I'll be working on the weekend commentary for the Ireland Wales game. Um, spend a bit of time this week in Dublin, uh, pottering around. So yeah, life's good. Life's good. I've seen Roger and you guys for a while as well, so it's uh, it's nice to bump into you boys. Oh, yeah. what age did you finish playing rugby? Uh, I've worked this out. No, I it was in two thousand and five, so I was thirty seven. That's some innings. Yeah, well, I you know finished professional in two thousand and twelve uh, with the Ospreys, and uh, ended up just randomly going to Japan 
um, to represent a team called the Mitsubishi Heavy Industry Dynabos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, off I'm, glad, I'm glad I got that right in the first. I remembered call. Ammon. I yeah, had that yeah, one yeah, Ammon. <laughs> Just to give back to the game. Just to give back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, as, as all the other guys, Dan Carter, Manonu, and Sonny Bill, and these boys have done, you got to give Shane back Williams, to the game. Yeah, same Lanterous. level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so that was that was good fun. That was something I'd never thought I'd get the opportunity to do. It's because you're so professional. That's why you play for so long, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking in particular of um, there was a fixture was cancelled with the Ospreys, and then whatever way it happened, you had to play in midweek. So you did like an Irish tour. Remember this? Yeah, yeah. But you were kind of just playing, not training, and you're kind of boozing in between games because I know Humph, uh, again, two reference for, for Humph. He was our um, uh, DOR at the time. He arrived at the swimming pool the next morning after the game and he thought, geez, these boys are professional. He's up at 8 o'clock, he's doing his pool recovery. <laughs> he was still drinking at 8 o'clock because he hadn't been to bed. <laughs> been to bed. Yeah, I remember that vividly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we went on and <laughs> I think we won the league that year as well. <laughs> yeah. which is, you know, not that it's a good example for the kids or anything, but uh, yeah, that's right. We 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 came over here and ended up staying because we had like three games in a week or something, and then we you know we won the two games out of the three and ended up winning the league. I think so. It was a it was just a bizarre. But we had those players in the squad. You know, we had the yeah. likes of obviously Mike Phillips and uh, and Lee Byrne and and people like. Um, uh, Jerry Collins and these guys that were old school, you know, play hard, but you know, enjoy enjoy yourself as well yeah. at the same time. And just you front up in the morning. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Don't uh, don't do don't do that, kids. Yeah. Do you remember the, the, when you look at the team that you had there? Like you had Adam Jones, Hibbert was coming through at the time. Mm. You had Hugh Bennett. You had Alan Wynne Jones, and I suppose you know, Marty Holler was unbelievable yeah. back then before Justin Tipperick came through. You know, Tommy Bow, Dan Bigger. He had a phenomenal team. Do you think? Do you think he actually got enough out of it? No, not at all. I think um, you know we won a couple of uh, Pro Twelves at the time, and um, you know won some big games, really big games. But when we look back, I think we massively underachieved, especially in Europe. Um, mm. You know, two quarterfinals. I remember in '08 we we played the Saracens after the Six Nations, and Lynn Jones who was obviously the Ospreys coach, said, right, no Ospreys play, uh, plays, just play as you did in the Six Nations because most, most of the team on the day mm. was the, the starting Welsh team. And he said, just play your Welsh, your, your Welsh calls and your Welsh plays. We, you know, we stuffed Saracens in, in the Millennium Stadium or Principality Stadium now. And the following week, we went up to, uh, up to Watford and we, we lost the game and we were, we were rubbish. We just massively folded for... You know the game had even kicked off. We just didn't. I, I just think we just didn't believe that we were good enough to win Europe. As simple as that. So in the in the pro uh, pro twelve, we were doing particularly well. You know, winning away from home in Manchester and and Leinster and and winning big local derbies. And then when we got Europe, we just massively froze. You know, we lost to Biarritz uh, as well in the quarters where we were by far the better team. But you know, I didn't play, play particularly well. A lot of the big big players didn't play particularly well. That usually we used to play well, and uh, you know, it was it was massively frustrating as well because we were good enough to do some mm. some damage in Europe. We had we had a great squad. We had, you know we were the Galacticos as they said yeah. at the time. You kind of brush it aside, but you look back and think, how didn't we win something? But most of those players, you won three Grand Slams, didn't you? <clears throat> well, I, I I yeah I didn't <clears throat> two I won two, but yeah Adam Jones, those guys. Um, 
Which you know, is, the likes of Mike Phillips. It's, it's just interesting to hear that you felt that you didn't believe no, he could win your Yeah, I know. It's, it's, then, it's bizarre. No, I, I, I look back and level. I think, what were we thinking? Yeah, you know, because, we just, well, it's hard to channel your energy maybe at, at two huge competitions. But, yeah. You know, the Irish players would have been, the Holy Grail was winning a European Cup. But, mm. you know, I think the first time we won a Grand Slam was 9 yeah, and it was how many years before that was it? Jackie Kyle was it? years, sixty-one. So yeah, it just. You had a lot of battles back then as well. Uh, Ireland and Wales and Ospreys and Munster. Uh, the Guinness tagline for tonight is uh, "Come as rivals, leave as friends." Uh, but there was a lot of spice in those games back in the day in two thousand and nine, two thousand and eleven. Um, what, what did it feel like that? That there was a uh, you know I suppose England would usually be the 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 uh, the main rivals for both teams, but there was a, seemed to be a huge yeah there was because there wasn't many turnover in the teams. There was a lot of players that were kind of playing a lot of games, and the fact the 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 Warren effect as well. The fact like I made my debut for him, then he goes to Wales, and you obviously respect the coach that gave you your first cap, and then he's gone. He's gone mm. into a new uh, territory, and you're wondering what's he really saying to these guys, and it was. Uh, big battles with with Ireland Wales over the years it was um oh jeez I remember um yeah it was it there were some absolutely brilliant games brilliant games Crow Park we lost yeah. a game to Wales at Crow Park Sickner I think it was Wales won the Grand Slam that year yeah, wasn't it was a week, yeah, that was a big game yeah well that was the penalty was it <clears throat> that was a penalty at the end first tackle no um, there was a number of times. One, one of my worst memories, Shane, is um, again one of your Grand Slam years. Um, is you got on the outside of me, and I was so concerned about your sidestep that I forgot that you're actually quite fast as well. So I got <clears throat> got left behind as I was catching up. Got near him, and then he just he fended fended me hand off right in the face. And then I was asking Tommy, I was like, or Tommy came back to me next week, and he's like. Shane says that's the only handoff he's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I remember vividly, because that was probably the only time I've ever used a handoff. Yeah. And I was like, when you, when you were going down as well, I thought, really? Silly. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 So yeah, I do remember that one as well. Yeah. Sorry, sorry about that one. That's fine. It's just sorry. one of those things. Yeah, it so, wasn't as bad as my one. <laughs> <laughs> my one oh, in yeah. the Millennium Stadium. That tops it all, though. Charged down by Getting Jenkins. He still had about... 60 yards to go <laughs> out sprinted me from the line and he dived on the ball and I was trailing after him and I really just wanted to land my jump right on his head as I came down <laughs> is oh, that why he threw the ball at you <laughs> 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 it was just yeah. you know if it's a back row or a winger or a centre yeah. you can kind of take when you see the loose head prop I'm going to make you feel better now because in fairness to Gethin he was an absolute freak of nature yeah he was he was the fittest guy in the yeah, squad great guy too oh, I kind of yeah. in your, that's the, the beauty of rugby isn't it the yeah. fact that when you get to know these guys after having a few drinks with them going on Lions tour spending time with them yeah. he's a great sense of humour just so bitter in the morning but by the dinner time comes he's, he's a great man for stories yeah, and yeah. yeah I've been lucky in the fact that as you said there was huge rivalry with the Welsh boys but like I I went on I signed well signed is it probably pushing we got Mike Phillips out of Bayon up to Rassing resurrected his career gave him a new life <laughs> <laughs> a great but life what a great guy 
Dan Lydiot, chop tackle. Loved the chop tackle every day. Yeah. Face tackle. Invented <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, face yeah. plant. Um, yeah, but you, you and, and Mike used Roberts. Have, you, you and Mike used to have some great banter. I remember just listening. Because my banter wasn't the best, I've got to be honest. Yours, <laughs> yours and Mike were pretty good. And I just spent half the game just listening to you and Mike call oh, each other names and, Jesus, and yeah, family was... members and uh, God knows what. And I'd be thinking, oh, that's a bit harsh. And yeah. oh, these guys are gonna, I'm going to go for it after the game. And then you'd, you'd walk out to the change and the first guys chatting each other, oh, I'm going to drink together. It'd be him and Mike. And I was thinking, really? Do you, do you no, remember I'm... what he was just calling you 20 mm. minutes ago? It was just bizarre. Mike Phillips got involved in a few um, Twitter rows as well, didn't he? Remember he got into that row with um, One Direction? <laughs> <laughs> you remind me, Ariel, was it? Yeah. Is He called him out, he said, you and the rest of the Beatles will see you after the game or something. He loves it, Mike. He, he has good it. banter. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there's a picture actually out, out, outside Madison Square Gardens, isn't it? Him and yeah. Niall just putting up their dukes. But that's Mike. He just he loves a bit of controversy. He loves a bit of, well, he loves a lot of banter. Yeah. And uh, loves himself. <laughs> Even more. <laughs> uh, life in La Rochelle, uh, you, you do love those kind of relationships with people. Have you got many people down there? Um, friends, have you settled well into, the, into, into life in France again? <laughs> Mike Phillips, now straight to La Rochelle. Go on. Talk. Yeah. For me, yeah. uh, I have... Um, have you made friends? Is it, is it no. all work, no play? Well, work and family, but I have five yeah. kids, so yeah. it's kind of enough on my plate. How many of those were planned? <laughs> all of them. <laughs> the twins and all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they're 11, imagine. Wow. I'm an 11-year-old daughter, so How different we're at the mobile phone stage. Oh, it's really tough. Wow. Yeah, holding cool. out, but it's difficult. Yeah. That's probably the a good description where my life is at the minute. How yeah. do I hold off getting two 11-year-olds a mobile phone? We need one for the school boss. Mm. School boss. <laughs> one between them. <laughs> <laughs> Are they all fluent? Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's um, but as you know, the show goes on, isn't it? Four years... I finished in 2013, so straight to France. Four and a half years in Paris, <clears> two <throat> years in New Zealand. Six months now done in La Rochelle. So they have never known Ireland, the kids. Mm. Are they in a French school? Or no, or yeah, sorry. Oh, no, French. Oh, that was the big thing. I think that was yeah. the great, incredibly difficult decision at the start because we were in Paris. We put them into a public French school, which was completely mixed. Um, it was like every nationality of the world, really. Um, How was that? Because I'm thinking of... Coming um, from Cork to that was like... Mm. And honestly, walking out of the schoolyard for the first four months, myself and Jess were kind of... Didn't even really walk <laughs> together because you were kind of like hold off those tears because we're doing the wrong thing. This isn't right. This yeah. isn't what it should be like. And after four months, it kind of clicks a little bit. You can see that they're, you know what I mean? They can't speak anything. They can't really communicate. It's non-verbal mm. communication for those. I know they're little kids, but they're still people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, That's what I um, uh, Pinar, when he went to Montpellier, he found it very tough. His kids didn't speak a word. And it was every morning, you know, getting them out of the car, them crying their eyes out. Yeah, it wasn't never that bad. bad, no, for me. They didn't, they didn't really have that grasping on you. They did for the first few days, but it was like, you question everything. Yeah. Because, you know what I mean, hurt me, but don't hurt them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Had they yeah. been to school in, in, in Cork before? No. So this is their first experience of school, which is probably helps exactly. a little bit. Exactly, <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's like, that's six, seven years ago now, so it's... 
but it's uh, yeah, it's kind of well. We we live in Isle de Ré, you know, which is a, the island off La Rochelle, but it's connected by a bridge. It's lovely, but it's kind of small. Oh, I've heard it's amazing. You yeah. can, you can rent bikes and go. That's all exactly it. Yeah. It would be right up your street. So they're all fiercely independent. So I'd say off the back um, of that. It's kind of cool then when you kind of come home and you're in a different room and you hear your kids arguing in French. Well, so that kind of makes you yeah. feel a little bit better about the miserable life you're giving them, <laughs> <laughs> depriving them of, of any real friends in Cork. Well, taking them then to New Zealand as well at the, in the middle of it must have been an incredible experience. Yeah, and it was wasn't great because it's the New Zealand kind of education in the schools is kind of a, so it's an open schooling which is very new to me or maybe to Irish people. So essentially you go in and it's kind of an open plan. So in this section here, we might do a little bit of maths, but there's no classroom. Over here might do a bit of history and geography. So 80, 90 kids mingling. But I think it also opened the avenues that if you want to play rugby, you just leg out to the pitch mm. or play football or cricket. So my boys are... They didn't lick it up off a stone, as Jeff said. They were kind of <laughs> <laughs> lashing rain. They wear shorts all year round over there. So minus two, minus three. You have a fleece, shorts, grey socks, and out to the pitch. But so you, there's a lot of people falling through the kind of loop of, I'll do maths, I'll do history, English, or I'll do sport. So they went to sport, and now they don't do any schoolwork. So we're trying to get the your little and often 20 minutes a day and it's kind of not great either when you're being picked up by your teacher for your seven-year-old that he's not doing his devoir which is his homework you know yeah. so it's like yeah Shane did you bring the family to Japan yeah yeah I I was in a similar uh, situation obviously I was I went to Japan for three years but how's your Japanese so I, I get by you kind of I come home and I think I've forgotten it but I like I was out for the World Cup for nearly two months and yeah. Could get by. I could order food and things like that. The you know the pleasantries and things like that. Just about, but wasn't easy. But it's a it's a tough language, and I, I had similar problems with the school because my boy was just getting into coming out of like kindergarten into into an all Welsh school. And my daughter was like two or three. She was two years into uh, a school that only spoke spoke Welsh, Welsh, Welsh first well. language. And then also we put him in like daycare in Japan, and it was all Japanese, and the kids were like. <laughs> what? What's happening? Yeah. Right. You know, mum and dad speaking English in the house. Yeah, the yeah. teacher's speaking Welsh, and now we've gone on holiday, and there's this teacher saying things we don't even know what they're saying. So that was really hard. Okay. But uh, like, I only signed in Japan for it was meant to be a season. You know, I was meant to go over there and kind of make a relationship between uh, Wales and and this club. But I ended up staying three years. So after the first year, my my wife said, "Oh, look, Shane, we, we've got to go home." It's really difficult on the kids. It's hard. I miss back home. We're going home. I was like, oh, okay, no problem. We've, you know, we've given it a go. It's fine. We, you know, enjoyed ourselves. Let's go. And she goes, no, not you. You can stay. <laughs> <laughs> take the kids home. I was like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah, what are you trying to tell me? But, yeah. um, but we made it work. You know, the family went home after year one. I stayed out another two years, but I was... It's a shorter happy. season anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's, it is, it's, it's a short season, right? But yeah. don't be fooled. It's a long pre-season. Okay. Mm-hmm. You play a lot of rugby in between as well because all uh, all the com- all the sorry the rugby teams are company owned, big companies. You know, Coca Cola, Kobe Steel, uh, Panasonic. Uh, you know, big companies with lots of money but with lots of pull, and that's all they want to do pre-season is, you know, B 
beat Honda in a big game. There's nothing on it. It's a friendly, but then you can say Mitsubishi have beaten Honda. It's mm. it's quite uh, wow. it's quite bizarre in that sense. But then the season starts, and the games are played really quickly. You know, every week up until Christmas. But if you haven't got to the promotions, this was my situation. If you didn't get to the promotions, your your season was over. And then it, the more successful you were, the longer you were in the season. So it was it was quite a bizarre setup, really. But yeah, you know, say we we kind of made it work. Did you did you dominate? Have you seen the clips of uh, Snyman recently? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Was that like you? Was it? <laughs> well, yeah, like a better. The, 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 the overage player, <laughs> three foot short version. Uh, it's ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? How much yeah. he sticks out? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just like it's it's um, like the the rugby is it was the fittest I've ever been really? because they'd have three hour rugby sessions. They have a two hour rugby session and then they'd be like, right, hour of fitness. And I, and I was like thinking, oh my god, you know, mm. I'm in my, I'm into my thirties so now. Two, two hours of rugby and then an hour of fitness. Yeah, yeah, really? almost every game. It was very old school in that sense, um, but it seems to have worked for the national team because they're the, yeah. probably yeah. the fittest team in the World Cup, and it's played at a hundred mile now. You know, whenever there's a, uh, and there's a lot of mistakes at the time because when I was there, there's a lot of players that probably didn't have the skill level of, of you know, the, the Snymans, the. Mano knows the the Tankard. so the Japanese boys were making a few mistakes. Mm. So it was almost turnover, turnover, turnover. Yeah. There was no kicking going on. It was just like from end to end. The rugby was just hectic. But you know, I I enjoyed that. You know, I, I played off a lot of turnovers, got a lot of space. Mm. I, you know, the legs weren't quite what they were when I was like late twenties, thirties. Any, any successful handoffs? <laughs> a couple, couple of dips to the shoulder, <laughs> picking on the few of the boys there. But no, you were the only one. Sorry, <laughs> but it was it was fun. It was fun. But yeah, I've been you know watching likes of um, Dan Carter and you know Sonny Bill was funny because even though he didn't play much rugby there, he'd get the ball and he'd kind of ample through a tackle and he you could see he was just waiting for the big offload yeah. for the the money shot and he'd like go half through and it'll be a nice little flick and the whole crowd will be like yeah. Uh, yeah and then they're all watching Sonny Bill in the corner celebrating but the tries is happening down the corner <laughs> like, oh yeah we scored as well but Sonny yeah. Bill did this you know and they love that but yeah it's just it's just 100 mile an hour rugby good fun though yeah well, you well, said the coaches co it was three, three hour sessions man. so were, were yeah. the coaches Japanese or were they um, well uh, initially when I got there we had a Japanese who was kind of the um, director of rugby who was used to coach college sides back in the 70s 80s and again the whole philosophy is you know if you train hard you, you're gonna you, if you're gonna play hard you're gonna be the best team you know if you train for longer you're gonna be the best team and he was very old school but we had we did have foreign influence in the end we had um, um, Bevo was there Stephen Donald was out there oh, yeah. Anthony mm -hmm. Boric mm -hmm. and, and Beaver a great guy top man but he doesn't like training. <laughs> I don't think he likes playing, to be fair. But he's still playing out there, in fairness. But he'd be like, oh my God, you know, we're now into training. We've got two hours to go. And I was like, yeah, just, just dig in. This is how they do it. This is, oh my God, this is killing me. But he's still out there playing. So, you know, he must have loved it in a sense. But mainly there's Japanese coaches with a bit of foreign influence. And uh, we had Craig Green there eventually, who was an ex-All Black who come. And he kind of tapered it down a little bit. But... The powers of B would always go, oh, that that was only an hour training. Come on, we, let's do fitness on the end instead. And the coach was like, all right, I, you know, I can't do nothing about this. If, mm. you know, we've got to do it. Well, yeah, but it was tough. I, it was the fittest, 
honestly, <clears throat> I, I, I was the lightest I've ever been and the fittest I've ever been. Were you breaking down at all? Or? No, not really. Oh, really? It, was, it was like crying. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 broke down. I cried a few times, but you know the good thing was as well. You with even though they like their foreign influence and players and coaches, you can only have two foreigners on the field at the same time. So you know I was either on the bench or I was starting. I was coming off after forty, fifty minutes. So you weren't playing full matches anyway, and and it obviously wasn't the players weren't as big and as physical as I was used to, but. You know, you're being very humble. It sounds mm. like it was very easy. <laughs> no, it, it was. No, it wasn't. Honestly, it was. And people, you know, people would literally. The, one of the boys would literally throw me a ball, like, and I'd be, I'd be behind the races, and they'd look for me and they'd throw me a ball and they'd go like, "Come on, Shane, do something," <laughs> and I'd be like, Whoo! "They'd all oh, kind yeah. of <laughs> congregate onto me, and I'd try and do something." And yeah, it was. It was. It was hard. It was hard. Really hard. I enjoyed it. I loved it because it took me back to my roots as well. Because I remember my first game for Mitsubishi. Our, our pitch was in the middle of the factory, which was quite bizarre. And we had like three or four hundred people watching us. You know, so I'd gone from playing the Millennium Stadium, seventy-four thousand, a couple of million watching on telly, to you know, kids and families having a picnic on the side of the pitch, cooking hot dogs. And, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, oh, this is quite cool, actually. I'm yeah. quite enjoying the fact that I am going to read the papers on Monday. And you know, Shane Williams was rubbish. Hmm. You know, six, six or four out of ten. So it was, yeah, just, it was time to relax and enjoy the rugby again. Mm. I've tried it. So there wasn't many Monday mornings you woke up to that. Shane Williams, <laughs> four out of ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fact. Uh, I don't know. Uh, press. <coughs> we'll, I suppose we better touch on the Guinness Six Nations this weekend. Um, a lot has changed in both camps uh, between, since last year, I suppose, when, when Wales uh, beat Ireland quite convincingly in, uh, in Cardiff. Um, Raj, what do you think Ireland need to do to beat Wales at the weekend? Um, I think they they need to try and get more tempo in their game. I think there was a, when you look at England, France, the contrast and probably speed from the off in that game as opposed to the Ireland-Scotland game. I know Scotland owned the ball for the first five minutes against <coughs> Ireland, but I think um, the Ireland team, because genetically we don't have monsters really playing the game, we need to play with a, at a faster speed. Like I think the, the the three teams coming out of the World Cup for me, obviously, are South Africa. But you have to admire the way that they back their game plan. England, the way I was in the ground to watch them play uh, New Zealand, and a tactical masterclass really in terms of attacking, kicking, and finding space against New Zealand. And then I think what gave great excitement and hope is, as as a young coach watching Japan just how they play as a national team. Like their their variety in their attack is phenomenal. I think they change the point of the attack. Like you don't have to, their, their aggression at the rock, but also just clearing the point of contact is very, very interesting. So I think Ireland need to kind of take a little bit out of their book in terms of just having multiple threats. But at the minute it seems that it's CJ, it's Bundyaki, cannot seem to go from wide to wide, which I understand in January it's probably difficult with a wet ball, but it wasn't really a wet ball at the weekend. Um, so for me, the big one would be tempo. And an example of tempo, I think, as I've said a hundred times, is how England manipulated Ireland in the Six Nations last year. So kick off, Ireland play a pot of three, set up the box kick, box kick to touch, 
hooker already there running to the line out overthrow to a laggy, wasn't it, into mm. Van der Fleer, uh, rock short side and scored. I didn't expect to score obviously after three phases, but um, I think the big one would be, would be tempo. And that's not, I suppose, just uh, ball in hand. <clears throat> I think I've heard you speak before about living in chaos and teams that can play in that kind of um, environment. Yeah, like that's so bit. much of rugby now. Like it's very hard, I think, unless you have a few, like Japan, to be fair, a few brilliant starter moves. Like the defences are more set off first phase. So like unless you were the Italian winger and you come up with an absolute crazy decision to not do anything in defence and Wales score in the left-hand corner off a right-hand side line-out, um, it's hard to score off first phase really at this level when you've really good decision-makers in defence that watch the ball now. But um, I think so much of the game is chaos or scraps and that's where you get your mismatches, that's where you get your opportunities. But like to be good at that, you need to... You can't just start scanning on the day. It has to be a behaviour that you're working on and you're kind of probably uh, reviewing in video sessions and kind of going, well, have you seen the space here and who's communicating? So uh, I'd be a big fan of trying to get the comms from outside to in because if you understand the game, like 9 and 10, are kind of their vision is quite closed in the fact that the 9 is kind of looking in and around the forwards and the breakdown. The 10 has to have his head on a swivel in terms of is there kick space here, here or here, or is there run space? There has to be space somewhere. There just mm. has to be. That's not a valid excuse for me. That you, so there's almost two playmakers that, that are well, potentially need either side of the rock? Trimby would have played in back lines with, with uh, you know what I mean, uh, with Rico at test level. And honestly, like so much of the game plan was just a, the call was Frano. <laughs> it's just a miss one to 13. The ball, yeah. But there was a reason because it wasn't as if he had three men on him too. All he needed was, was kind of one. And if there was a one guy, then, you mean, the next guy can either run an overs or an under off him or he can throw a miss pass. But I think, and you would understand this better, the best guys I played with were Topoki and Howlett because they made me look like a genius at times because of their comms on the run. Mm. You know, like talking about, uh, you know what I mean, kick space. So if you have, if we're playing this way, your right wing is, is Doug Howlett and your outside attacker is Tapoki. All he used to ever say was get to him and then he'd just go plus minus. So plus is what he'd bounce out and minus would he'd take inside shoulder. If there was with Dougie on your inside, and I remember just so many of his attacking kicks was just when he'd call at the last second and you're going, oh, great vision from O'Gara. I was just there. No, uh -huh. <laughs> just yeah, great vision it. from Howlett because like, I have to, you know what I mean? I'm scanning you as my nine to get the ball, but he's actually on a freebie here inside as a threat or a trail like Rate scored against France. Mm. Just, I think, uh, all the opportunities nowadays are kind of in, in phase play. It, it's, I think as a coach, you just get such satisfaction if you're able to score um, our first phase, you know. We, the first time it's happened was kind of uh, La Rochelle Montpellier. We got two tries off first phase and I'm talking myself up here, which I don't like to do, but it honestly just gave me, what you do for the transfer, it rarely happens from, from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 
Jesus, it worked in the game, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But like, you, that must you, be very satisfying. Oh, because you're good. going like it was basically nine to twelve, back to nine, uh, thirteen on the short line, fifteen out the back. It's exactly how you planned, and fifteen got on the outside of the second last, and a little. Yeah. Just tip for the winger. He scores on touch. Well, not on touch, but he did a bit of a. Did you keep your the, poker face though? Did you? Did you? Or were you like? Geez, that actually worked. <laughs> I can't believe, believe it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> how much, Raj, in terms of structure in your sessions? How much of it is unstructured versus the starter plays? That that's yeah. all, the starter plays are your bit as the coach, yeah. and you can get protected yeah, yeah. with them. But you're not developing the, the player's the, decision making. Unless you're actually working Very on the unstructured. Very accurate answer to that is it'd be 12 minutes of unstructured and 20 of maps. But the maps take longer and you'd kind of like to work that you'd nearly be flipping the time. Yeah, yeah. But as, as you know, so much of it too is dictated by GPS and kind of just getting the, the weekly load right. But unstructured plays is where the game is going. It's like if you have a couple of if you have a couple of freaks on your team, if you have a Billy Van Apol or a Manitoulagi, you can do very very simple starters, and then you can just play from unstructured after that because you've probably generally compromised yeah. the defence from there. But that's why you're saying about tempo. When you don't have those guys, you've got to do things quickly to try and catch the defence. Yes, and England were different without the two Van Apolers, and yeah. obviously two Lagi going off. It's just a different team for them, you know. So I think um, that's why you. Literally, like it's how do I get the best out of my players who are playing? It cannot be the same template every week. Mm. Like, we have Botia, the Fijian mm. center, yeah, yeah. Oh, just uh, and, <clears throat> 12 and, or 6, correct. You, want you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> when have you ever had that really? I oh, haven't, you know. So, like, you've enough going on in your head during the game, but you're kind of going, Can I get him into the into the back row for a sneaky Fijian pick and go you know the last mm. guy in the rock they're just yeah. so good at picking that mm. um, and it's kind of the one guy when you're the coach and you're the whistle you just kind of have to extra be careful where is this guy because if he hits you, you you mightn't get up when you have to try and ref the session yes. and, and then you're like oh he's going to come on a short line here in a minute and I'm dead <laughs> I've, we, we had Eddie O'Sullivan on the, on the live show and we were chatting to him Shane because he, he gave he gave all of us our first caps but I, I had to do a game with it, with a, a media thing with him, and I was anxious going on to it because I was like he was he was he was real standoffish when he was our coach. Mm. So I was like, oh, this is going to be hard work. And then like Dunaka O'Callaghan and Stringer and Tommy Bow were there, and they said Eddie's a great laugh. And I said, what? They said, yeah, we've done loads of media yeah. with him. So I got chatting to him. It was brilliant. He was he was such a good laugh, and he was a mine of, of chatting to him about coaching. And then we asked him on the show because there was this whole thing about Joe Schmidt being here. And then Andy Farrell being a bit more relaxed. And I asked him, I said, why were you so standoffish as a coach? And he just, he, he gave us, he just said, look, I didn't want to seem like I was favouring certain people, you know. Yeah. But uh, I'd be interested in, in what way you felt Warren Gatlin was, because I got chatting to Mike Phillips about that. And then to ask you, Rog, what you were like from, say, when you first started coaching, what you felt your relationship should be with the players when you started to after the journey you've got on to where you feel it is now. And can mm. you be yourself? I think with with Warren with me, um, I don't know. I I hadn't. He was a very hands on, as in with the players. His his uh, player management was brilliant. You know, he was always very honest, open, transparent, um, but ruthless at the same time. Mm. So you kind of had this. 
he, for me, he, he was a mate, you know, he was a mate that I felt that I had to play well for because even though I was his mate and he was very honest in telling me, you know, I, I could have scored two tries on the weekend and I'd come away thinking, oh, I've, I've done okay, but he'd go, oh, well done on the two tries, but he missed two tackles. So, um, you know, talk me through the tackle and he'd be like, oh, actually. So there was me thinking, oh, I've done really well, you know, thinking I've, I've, I've had a good game. But not realising that, well, okay, I need to work on this instead. So he'd, he'd take you to the side and have a chat and so on. So you always felt very comfortable with him. But in in the same sentence, ruthless, he'd come and say, Shane, if you, probably if you play like that again, mind, George is going to be playing next week. Mm. Or, you know, if you don't train this week, because I don't think you trained last week very well, George is going to come in. But I'm just letting you know so that, you know, it, the, the ball's in your court. <laughs> and, you know, he was, he was one of those. So even though he was... Face to face was great. Was great. You also knew as well that you know he's there to take your legs away from you if, if need be, um, and I, I quite liked that. I, enjoy, I enjoyed the fact that he'd be quite straight. And you know, some players like that. Some players don't, I suppose. But yeah, I've I've uh, I felt the same with Eddie. I've, I've met him several times and a couple of you know TV mm. work with him as well. And he's uh, it's almost like a different person, isn't he? Oh, he's so, so engaging. Yeah, but, and that's what was frustrating me because I've had coaches and. They, you know that they're your boss, and ultimately they're going to dictate whether you play or not. But and when you don't play, you 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 get pissed off and you get angry at them. But you kind of realise that if he wasn't my boss, I could I could have a cup of coffee with that guy, I could go for a drink with him, and I yeah. get on with him. But with Eddie, I didn't know what the guy was like at all. Yeah. So I was that's why I was asking. Him. I said I I felt he would have got more out of us if I knew what he was like. Yeah. Raj. Like, yeah. When coming coming. I found it really hard at the start when I was coaching, man. Going in to try and figure out, like, because I never felt that I would be the right personality for a coach, so I tried to pretend I was someone else to start with. I would be interested, because you have a real good manner with you when you're dealing with people. You, that's, um, you're winning over people well, like Well, yeah, I suppose I was coming at it from my, like, so you leave Monster, you finish in Monster in May, you go to <coughs> Paris in July your head is in a spin <clears throat> like first 18 months of coaching you just saw miss the game like they were there you're kind of like where do I put out the cones people think that's funny you know what I mean but like it's, yeah. I haven't done this in 15 years I've never done it before I don't know really mm. how this drill is going to work I've, it, it looks alright on paper but it isn't played on paper you know so you're kind of you're really out of your comfort zone it's really really challenging but I thought um, I didn't know anyone. So it was a case of... Um, I, 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 and my role was different. It was kind of an assistant coach. But, um, yeah, I, I, that, the great thing, I think, that I took out of my career was those kind of last few years when I knew I wanted to be a coach and... Um, the value of the squad. So, for, you know what I mean? You're 10 years, you're undisputed, playing number 10 every week. You don't. You're just like, this is me. This is what I'm meant to do. Then you get onto the bench and you see things so differently. But it was so valuable to appreciate, you know, for example, um, the Trevor Hogan's of Munster when he was there, outside of the, you know what I mean? If you don't manage your 24 to 34, you have no chance. <coughs> they are the key people for me. These people have emotions, they have feelings, they're really, really important. And you think getting dropped is bad. What about the guys that never make it into the squad? Horrendous. 
but they have the exact same goals, ambitions as you have. They do the goal setting. They do everything. They do all the hill runs. And you cannot, these guys are absolutely crucial. They, they, you have to make these feel like kings. So that for me was the biggest thing in terms of learning that at the end of my career about going forward into coaching. I have got to, the guys that are number three and four in each position are crucial to whether your environment succeeds. And, and that was just so enhanced going to the Crusaders. Everything is about the one direction I got from uh, Razor was basically he trusted me in my unit work because I was only a box coach, for example. He, 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 he watched me and he said, that's all right, you do that, but you just got to connect with your players. So everything was about connections, coffees, chats, discussions, uh, growing ideas, but they present. And I was there, nah, nah, Razor. <laughs> we do it my way <laughs> and first three or four months you're like no I think it's kind of better if I present you know I'm, I'm good at presenting I'll do it but like it's just then you have your pre-meeting they deliver the key points it just empowers them they take mm -hmm. the responsibility they're playing when they're under the pump they've got to find solutions on the pitch there's no point going well lads we discussed this we said we were doing it but you just, that's not the way. Again, the rugby isn't played on a laptop. So many coaches think it is. Mm. You have 80 minutes live sport. They're not robots. That's the most important thing for me, I think. So I think, and it's easy for me because I probably feel that you're connected to the, to the thing, but what happens, please God, if we're around in another 10 years and you're the coach, then I would say your probably approach will change, you know, but you feel like that you're, quite relative now but like there's still I'm coaching guys that are 20 years younger than me and I can remember when I was doing the leave in certain there was a guy 40 he was there Jesus man he's old isn't he <laughs> you know but like that's where you're at now but it's I think it's um, you can still do it, but you can go up and kick a ball and pass a ball and, and you can probably do it better than a lot of the players to a degree oh but that's it's such a but that, that's gonna go in but time no but that's that was the big thing I did well, I think. I just had no interest in kicking. I just, because, they, you know what I mean, you've become a kicking coach. I have no interest in that. I'll help the guys that have a drive to get better, if I can. But for me, it's just, it's like, that's nearly like professional golf. Someone that wants to be a, a goal kicker or a good kicker. They've got to play, play an individual sport and then come back into the real world, which is team sport. Mm. Because they aren't really applicable. It's like expertise around a tight head getting the scrum right isn't it? it it applies to him but the whole team suffers if they don't do their job so that's the beauty of sport in terms of all the key components adding together so you have a, a jigsaw that's functional but um for for me that was um yeah i think you, you just you gotta have people who feel valued everyone everyone loves a slap in the back Everyone loves to be encouraged. If you keep telling someone you're not really good at that, sure, what are they taking home? Get into their car after training going, well, all this guy is saying to me is that this can't be done. You can do it. You just got to kind of, it takes more time than you appreciate to learn or break down habits or skills. Great stuff. Right. Brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. We'll get quick predictions for uh, the game at the weekend, I think of the Six Nations. Rafi, and then I know you've got a busy day, so we'll let you rock on. For the kicking challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Shane, who do you think? What are the what are the thoughts in in Wales? I know we we're kind of hoping that we'll scrape into yeah, and get a win. Oh, look, it's it's it, this fixture is always tough. But one thing that uh, I have noticed is that Wales are no longer intimidated coming to Ireland anymore, and vice versa. Unfortunately, um, you know we're still we're still picking bits out of of the performance against Italy. Because I don't think Italy was was you know was the best performance by Italian side, and they haven't performed for some time. Mm. Um, but we still nilled the team in the Six Nations, and that's that's you mm. know a huge accomplish, uh, accomplishment. Plenty more to come from this team. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a few changes made. I'm really impressed with Nick, Nick Tompkins when he came on. Mm. Uh, you know we've been struggling in the centre, really have. But um, this this one's going to be close, and, and there are things to improve on from Wales. So I'm going to go Wales. Just. Just, but um, I think encouraging for Ireland, I'd say, is that they won a tough game on the weekend without having played <coughs> much rugby whatsoever. So, plenty more to come from Ireland as well. Unfortunately for us. Yeah, Raj. Um, I, I think I, I would have said Wales of Jonathan Davies. I think Wales are different when he plays. I think he has that much of an impact on that team. I think he's a quality player, really, really world class player. Um, I think Ireland will be significantly better and they'll need to be. Uh, home advantage for me in the Six Nations is huge. This Irish team, it, they're, just, you just, they're not allowed to lose at home. I think that's the mentality they've built. They've the best record at home of all the teams in the last 5.5 years, five and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Wales, have, Wales have got better, bigger has got better, I think. He's. I think he's. It'll be a fascinating battle of the halfbacks. Wales have a lot of good nines again. Um, it's almost a problem, isn't it? Yeah. It's almost a problem. We don't know which nine we can start with. Now Webb's coming back as well, mm. and we got Gareth Davis not involved at all last yeah, week. From and, and the star of the yeah, World Cup, yeah, really, wasn't he? Which is bizarre, but at the same time, you've still got two class players on the squad there. So that's one area I think Wales have always. Been lucky to have strength and depth. Obviously, the back row is going well, but centre is a real problem for us at the moment. So, um, having to put George there, um, you know, George is a winger as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, me too. Uh, we've got a couple of good wingers playing as well, so it's a, it's a predicament, but um, that so is an area we are struggling. What is the talk? Parks with uh, Hadley Parks with um, Tompkins, is it? Yeah, well, Parks uh, had a niggle as well, so it'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Okay. But you put North out, or like McNichol and uh, Josh Adams are going well. Though. Well, you, you don't, you can't drop Josh Adams anymore. He's yeah. he's scoring tries for fun. You you get that purple patch through in your in your career where, you know, second half I was commentating. I was at, uh, I, mean, I was in the club. I wasn't commentating. But I was talking to the boys. And said, <laughs> we haven't seen Josh Adams the second half. You know, he needs to get in the game. Next thing, bang! It's a short ball try. Yeah. You're thinking, ah. Well, thanks. That's all. That's all we need, Josh. Yeah, yeah. He's had a hat trick. You know, happy days. That's a sign of a player that's on form. Mm. You know, doesn't always have to be looking and and be involved. Whereas George has kind of lost his way a little bit. We're trying to get him in the centre so he gets more of the ball, mm. which he did on the weekend. But still, you know, you could see the difference in in calibre and how a centre plays. When Tompkins came on, he looked like a proper centre. You know, running the right lines, running short balls, scores the try as well. So. It's hard. And McNichols, one of the form players in the Pro 14. Mm. So sometimes, if you're playing well for for club, you you know you you warrant your opportunity in um, in Test level. So 
it's very hard. I think George is on the, on the cusp now of, of having to work really hard to get in this team. Mm. And maybe that'll do him good. You know, sometimes you need that kick, don't you, to, to get yeah. going. So we'll have to wait and see, I suppose, yeah. in selection. This, what's the day? I don't know what day it is, but yeah. selection will be pretty soon, won't it? Did we get a pr prediction out of you, Raj? I said Ireland just. Ireland just and Wales just. Wales just. That'll do us. Get <laughs> on the fence. Well, looks, lads, thanks a million for, uh, for joining us today. Uh, absolute pleasure. legend. It's been a pleasure. And uh, the best of luck for the, for the rest of the week. Cheers, mate. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Okay, welcome back. Uh, and it's time for the Guinness Pint Predictor. Uh, I think we should take a look at the Guinness Pint Predictor league table then. Um, probably not something you want to do, actually because uh, you didn't do great. But I am second on the table behind Tom Shanklin. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you I don't know why uh, I slagged him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know, the Guinness Prime Predictor does pretty much what it says on the tin. You predict the winner and the margin of the Guinness Six Nations games uh, every week. And if you're within three points, you win a pint of Guinness. Simples. Uh, yeah, so last week we set our scores and some of us didn't do so well. Um, you're, you're last. Me, me, obviously. I'm second last. <laughs> second last. Sorry, I'm joint last. <laughs> uh, we're playing throughout the championship, so get involved and download the Match Pint app using the league code H-O-R-I-E, House of Rugby, I-E, mm -hmm. like the Japanese hooker is a way to remember that. Well Check out our pretty woeful efforts at predicting the games. We've got some seriously good prizes up for grabs. Yeah. You, you, I think, predict, <coughs> predicted England would win by 10 points. That's why I let you down. That's correct. And you're only uh, in second last place because your name begins with A. <laughs> yes. So you're in last. Yeah. Uh, if you are top of the overall table at the end of each round, you'll win Guinness Six Nations tickets. Aidan Dwyer with 59 points, finished top of the House of Rugby League for round one. So congratulations, Aidan. You have won two tickets for Ireland versus Wales at the Viva Stadium at the weekend. Yeah, the, the three of us are going to be competing each other against each other in a head-to-head -head as well every week. So uh, Trimby, unfortunately, this week you've lost. So Pat's going to come up with a forfeit for you. But by the end of the, by the, end of the Six Nations, we're going to have an ultimate forfeit for whoever comes last. But, oh. mm -hmm. Pat, what have you got in line for poor Trimby? Yes. Uh. <laughs> Delicately, <laughs> delicately People holding can't see it the ridiculous mic. microphone that he has. <laughs> the Google microphone. Um, yeah, so this was inspired by a story Trimby told us there last season about having to call Peter O'Mahony and keep him on the phone for two minutes. So your forfeit, Trimby, is to the lads are going to go through your your phone book on your I phone. Call Pete again. Uh, yeah, it'd be brilliant if he if he was to pick up. Yeah, and he probably won't, but we'll try Pete, will we? But yeah, call away and, tr and you have to keep He'll him on the phone for two doing, minutes. Though, yeah. So then I don't think it should be Pete. Someone that won't know what you're I doing. Enjoy, I enjoy um, Pete getting a rise out of Pete. Okay. Can we okay. call Pete? We'll call Pete. We'll call Pete. Um, Molly and Jack, I think. It's whiskey. Hi, this is Peter. Sorry I missed you. If you leave a voice message or send a text message, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. Okay, shite. Uh, he's probably out training, Peter Manny. His, his voicemail greeting is so boring, isn't it? <laughs> Hi, I'm Pete. Sorry. 
<laughs> What's your voicemail like? Hi, I'm Andrew. <laughs> I want to ring your phone. Um, all right, what about... Anyone? Um, Matt Williams? Fine, call him. Call Matt Williams. Have you got his, you got his number? Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Neil Patrick Francis. Oh, hey, Matty. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey, Matty. It's, it's Trimby here. Trimby, how you doing? Yes, all good, all good, Matt. What's the crack? Oh, good, buddy. Just back in France. I actually thought it was uh, Neil Francis ringing me. I saw the 353 come up. Oh, right. Okay, you're waiting to hear from Frano, were you? Yeah, yeah. I just something wants me to do something on Friday. I got some fundraiser, you know, you know the usuals, mate, you get dragged into. Yeah, yeah, a few nextures around Six Nations. Yeah, yeah, mate, hey, you did well the other day, mate, you were really good, I didn't get a chance to talk to you after, you're doing a good job. Oh, thanks, Marty. what you did. Thanks, Marty, some of the, some of the feedback wasn't quite as positive, I must be honest. Oh, really, who t- told you that? Yeah, some people thought I was a little bit wooden and a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> I can tell you, pal, stand up there really Nordo Q is the hardest thing to do with this commentary and the TV stuff, man. You did it really well. You get, mate, like everything, you get better at it, pal. But you, I thought you were really good. We all spoke about it afterwards, how were you? Yeah, good man. Yeah, it was tricky. I enjoyed your story about um, Sean Connery, though. <laughs> yeah, mate, you got to laugh, haven't you? You can't take yourself too seriously there. Yeah, would you keep in touch with Sean at all? <laughs> No, I don't think so, mate. I, I think I watch a few of his movies every now and then. Oh, good man, good man. Uh, no, it was uh, it was great to catch you, Matty, because I think whenever you finish playing and you bump into someone you haven't seen in a while, there's there's a connection. And, uh, and I'm sorry about the Ulster question. That was probably um, yeah, uh, that, that threw you, did it? Not at all, mate. No, there's no, there's no, uh, not, not a problem at all, mate. As I said to you, I, had, I got no problems with any of the boys. Not one of them. Yeah, we did and, a few, uh, uh, Matty, we did a live show uh, with the House of Rugby podcast last week in Cork, and we listed uh, a series of Eddie O'Sullivan one-liners, and I think we could potentially do something similar with you, a few one-liners there, Matty. <laughs> I'm thinking in particular oh, of the time you called uh, Rory Best a pork chop. <laughs> uh, Listen, listen, Matty, um, oh, I've got to go. The police, really? the, the police are behind me here. I need to go. I'll give you a shout okay, back, mate. okay? Okay, mate. Bye. Lo- love you, Matty. Cheers. See ya. Wow. wow. Matt, Matt Williams is a great guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, now I've got to call him back and tell him that I was being mean. You were stitching <laughs> you know him up. Yeah. Oh, he came across really well there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So supportive, man. Mm. That went great. What did he do? You know, I what, might keep in touch with him more often. What kind of a forfeit kind of <laughs> is this, man? Yeah. 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 Absolutely got your tyres pumped. Yeah. It's an uplifting forfeit. Can I have his number? People who don't, like, I genuinely haven't spoken to Matty in years. Right. Saw him last week for the first time. What's the Sean Connery story? Oh, uh, he, um... On the on the show on the Virgin Media show last week, he said um, apparently famously he got a hard time from Sean Connery when he was coaching uh, Scotland <laughs> and they weren't going well. <laughs> Sean Connery said, um, "Oh, you're the fellow that's stuffing up the national team, are you?" <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I think we all might call Matt Williams after the show. Yeah, well done, Matt Williams. I honestly do. I know I got like the whole thing was a bit supposed to be a bit of fun. I honestly do find whenever you see guys that you played with. There's a connection, and there's like it's always wow. I didn't expect that whenever I saw Matty out of the blue on the show because we hadn't chatted before. When he came on, it's like it is actually great to see you. 
you know, like, and yeah. I find that with Raj and not so much him because they really know him. We but, know him as well. But you know what I mean? you got that fend on you. Yeah. 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 Man, the fact that when, the minute you, you brought it up, he started doing this. Yeah. He started he started yeah. doing this with his hand like he knew yeah. he knew if someone said oh you're going on this rugby podcast with Barry Murphy and Andrew Trimble and Jerry Ferrer he goes Trimble oh yeah uh, yeah that will break out with the pen he can still see you and he thinks you he yeah. looks down yeah. <laughs> he was like that. I love in the back I watched it last night actually just oh did you randomly watched yeah. it on YouTube because I knew he was coming on and then in the background you're like slapping the ground like like just so broken by the fan. Oh really? Oh sorry, yeah. the fan? Yeah. Oh really? You watched yeah, it? Yeah, I watched it and you're just like... How yeah. bad was it? <laughs> Throwing a tantrum? Uh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It was yeah. a good handoff. It wasn't yeah. a great a tackle. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. But look, as you said, he's he's Shane Williams. He's done that pretty much. Well, he's danced around everyone. He's not done that. He's the only one. He's the first time he's done that. Alrighty. That is a long show, but yeah. it was thoroughly enjoyable. Thank you all for listening, uh, and for those of you watching, hello uh, on YouTube. Uh, but before I do that, <laughs> we have to do our predictions. I forgot about this. Um, okay. For next week, new round, all to play for Trimble. Uh, Trimble. Uh, <laughs> you're, you, you've got, you, you think you can win round two? You've got to redeem yourself? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, find this one very very difficult to call. Okay, Actually, Ireland. Go Ireland, Wales first. Yeah. Ireland, Wales. I'm probably inclined to go Wales. Okay. By by two points. Ooh. Jure. Wales by three. I'm gonna go Ireland by six. Nice. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Uh, Scotland versus England. I think England will bounce back a little bit. England by six. Mm-hmm. Uh, England look really, really. I can't see Scottish packs handling. Uh, I was, I was wrong last week. I didn't think the Scottish pack would would front up like they did. I still think England. I think England by by seven. Okay, can I give a draw? I can. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna go draw. Ballsy. Yeah. France versus Italy. Um, France by <clears throat> 17. Sorry, where is that game? France. 18. <laughs> <laughs> I think France by 20. Okay, I'm going to go France by 29. Done. Come on. Jesus. Um, okay. That, that's uh, there are predictions uh, f- although we want all of you to get involved in uh, the Guinness Pint Predictor as well so download the pint, Match Pint app and use the <laughs> <laughs> what was that download download <laughs> uh, the Match Pint app and use the league code H-O-R-I-E to join now we can finish the show that was a long ass show. Uh, cheers, everybody, for listening. Thank you to everyone for watching on YouTube. Thank, thank you to everyone involved in the show today to Pat, to Paul, to Ian, to Fiona, to Anthony, to Raj, and to Shane, Jerry, Trimby, to Matt Williams. To Matt Williams. <laughs> this has been Baz and Andrews, House of Rugby, here on Joe, together with Guinness. Party on. Party on. Party on. You were listening to Baz and Andrews, House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.